0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Finance in a Flash. This week we we're talking about disability insurance and mainly talking about long-term disability, which again is incredibly important. We're going to talk about, well, what is it? Who needs it? How much you need and what are the different types and kind of the ins and outs of some policies? Well, and to do so, we have back Chip. Hi, Miller, and this is the first time we are recording in the actual office.
1: Yes, it's awesome. How about that? It is awesome to be here and uh, t- to see each other again, and kind of be in the office and um, get a little bit of the, um, uh, you know, the social element of working together with other people is, is is super great. So I'm glad to to be back in the office. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's it is it's nice, and then to not it's it's easier on uh, on, on the podcast too. So no, it's it's great. Um, yeah. So, anyways, we were going to start out. Again, like I said, talking about disability insurance today and mainly long-term disability, not, you know, like the 30, 60 days, um, which we might get into a little bit, but that's not the primary um, focus what we're talking about. Uh, Chip, just kind of explain to everyone in in your own words, like, well, what is
1: disability insurance? So this is a great topic. Uh, thank you for organizing this podcast today because it, yeah. it is a super important thing that that is oftentimes overlooked uh, by advisors, but... You know, one of the most important assets that a person has is their ability to earn income, right? And so, under certain circumstances, and unfortunately, we've seen it happen before to people. Uh, you know, if if they're in a car wreck, car car wreck, or that maybe they have a um, a stroke or some kind of cognitive impairment, you know, um, they uh, are unable to work, and so disability income insurance. Uh, is a type of coverage that helps people um, you know uh, endure those periods of time and uh, so it's kind of an income replacement insurance and um, and and that's the way that that's the way it works it's a super important uh, type of insurance coverage yeah and, and
0: that's a great that's, that's a great intro and also uh, chip reminded before we came on that we uh, you know as as Beacon do not sell disability insurance Um uh, I guess technically I do have my license to do so, but not it's I cannot at this at, at Beacon.
1: Yeah, and it's a good it is a good point because you know we want to be on the same side of the table as our clients. You know we um, there's no incentive for us to um, sell any type of insurance coverage, but there is an incentive for people to have the coverage, and so we just don't want to uh, have we want to minimize those conflicts of interest if we can.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: uh, which
0: is Great. So, does everyone need disability insurance, or is that just kind of depends?
1: It does depend, like everything else, right? Yeah. So, you know, you can have a situation where, um, you know, maybe you have a one spouse makes significantly higher income than the other. If the lower earning spouse were to lose their Um, ability to work, then it might not be great, but it may not be a deal breaker. So, you you know, to me, it's the kind of thing where uh, every case needs to be assessed individually. Every client needs to um, understand the risk and, and, and also think about, you know, um, what would happen under these uh, bad circumstances? You know, what were to happen if you were paralyzed? You know, yeah. how would how would your family um, survive? And and it's a it's kind of a gruesome thing to think yeah. about, I yeah. think. But, you know, uh, life is messy and uh, we've seen it before. And we just want to uh, minimize those risks if we can for clients. Yeah,
0: especially this is, uh, again, just like life insurance, better to be over prepared. You know, I I'd rather pay you know a little bit more in premiums to to be covered when something if something does happen then to you know try to save a little and then something happens and then you're kind of out to water because this is again where you know a lot of uh, contracts or policies are covered by the employer and it's it's important to know you know I also how much and do we need more um, but I guess first before we jump into that, let's say I were to, you know, walk out, I'm looking at the parking lot now, walk outside, get smoked by a UPS truck. Um, How much would I, would I get 100% of my salary? Would I get 10%? I know there's not every policy is different, but what, what do we usually look at as far as if I was unable to work, how much would, you know, a policy typically pay?
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's something to be aware of, and that's something to to scrutinize. I mean, how much, and maybe what you're asking is how much should you have, like what's a good target to have if if you want to get that. And so, you know, again, that's everyone's a little bit different. But, you know, by and large, I'll talk about the maximums. You know, no insurance company is going to – Issue a policy that incentivizes incentivizes you not to work and to collect. Right, so yeah. they're not going. It's never going to be a hundred percent salary replacement, um, but what we see oftentimes is uh, somewhere in the range of sixty to seventy okay. percent uh, income replacement. So you know that way you're you're getting enough to cover most of your expenses. And by the way, most of the time um, benefits from this type of insurance are. Uh, are uh, after tax, so there's no tax. Uh, they're not taxable as long as the premiums are paid with after tax dollars. Okay, so you know the benefit is is generally not taxed, um, and so 60 to 70 percent would be a ph- phenomenal policy. You know, a lot of times what we'll see is you know 50 percent uh, and even lower in some cases. It just it just depends
0: yeah that, that's a good point that there's no you know you're not going to get hundred percent because then what stops someone from kind of just doing that anyways and you know and this and it's not like you're gonna get that for life either right i mean yeah you that's know.
1: that's right, so you know and this is where someone who's knowledgeable about disability insurance can help out and in, in advising you here because you know you can get a policy that will cover you up until age sixty five or even age sixty seven in other words if you're thirty years old. You um, are in a car wreck, you can no longer uh, work. Um, you know, you could receive benefit until age 67, possibly. And so but now the the cost of that coverage mm-hmm. is going to be uh, relatively high, right? Because the benefit pool of money that the insurance company uh, could potentially pay to you is going to be more. So one of the ways that a lot of people will use to kind of uh, control the premiums is changing that, um, the benefit amount. So, you know, instead of it, be it covering you until age 67, maybe you drop it back to a 10 year uh, maximum payout. And so that way your, your premiums are a little bit cheaper. Uh, but that's something that needs to be customized specifically to you. And um, it, it's important to kind of think about it in the context of your own plan.
0: Yeah. And so, and that's a good point to bring up, especially through, we were talking about a little bit before that a lot of times, uh, workplaces or or your job will cover it. Is there something where, you know, let's say I have, I get 50% coverage through work. Could I buy another policy that could cover more than that or to kind of supplement that?
1: Yeah, well, potentially I'll I'll say that the place to start always with disability income insurance is always your work policy, yeah. because it's you know if it's if you're getting that through work, um, it's it's going to be uh, so much cheaper yeah. for you, and it's it's going to give you a reasonable baseline. Now it may not be a super awesome uh, disability policy, but it's a place to start. And then if you wanted to add on, um, you know, kind of around that, maybe have another policy that's it's uh, more supplemental, um, you can do that. And um, it, you just kind of have to work it out. But for a lot of people, you can even go to your employer and sometimes you can uh, increase the amount. Maybe they, the employer pays for, you know, up to 50 percent income replacement policy, but maybe you can bump that to 65 okay. and you pay a little bit more out of pocket um but it's the benefit so much larger and that that is always the first place to start because it's going to be so much cheaper
0: yeah okay great um and that's a that's a great point that we like you need to start at at your you know your work or your work's policy because it is vastly cheaper and it's probably already a lot of it's getting taken care of already
1: yeah and it's one of those things too that as people uh change jobs it's important to understand like what you know, if you have a great disability policy through work and you're changing jobs and there's nothing uh, and maybe you would have to go out of pocket to cover that, it, it's a benefit that you should think about. I mean, um, employers that have uh, some sort of disability coverage um, is, is a super strong benefit, and it's just very hard to replicate that outside of work individually with an insurance company. It's just, um, it's just kind of cost prohibitive.
0: Yeah, that's and again another good point. And now that we've kind of answered some some of the basic questions, I want to dive in a little bit to the types of uh, disability income insurance. And so there are essentially two. I guess you could argue three types. But first, I wanted to start out if. There's a type called own occupation uh, disability insurance. And if you could explain and kind of go through what, what that is and what that covers.
1: Right. So think about it from the standpoint of if something – if you were to be in an accident, you know, let's say that you are a college grad. Well, you know, maybe you're you're in marketing now. Well, if you're in an accident, maybe you couldn't do your your job marketing. Maybe it required you to travel and you just couldn't do that anymore. Um you know, an own occupation policy would cover, you know, all of the, the, um, you would receive a benefit under the event that you could not perform your specific current job responsibilities. Yeah. All right. So that's what we would call an own or own occupation type of uh, policy. Um, If you think about it from the most basic standpoint, even though you're a college grad and you work in marketing, you know, if you can't, you know, you could you could you're disabled in some way, but you could be a greeter at Walmart or a yeah. bagger at the you know, grocery store, or you know, you could perform another type of job, uh, then that is any occupation. That's kind of the definition of uh occupation, uh the type of like social security disability. Mm-hmm. If you, you're unable to perform any occupation at all, then you would receive a social security disability ben uh income benefit, which is very rare by the way. Um, but what most people like to have is is an own occupation um, that covers your specific, you know, job function. Um, there are hybrids in between there. So, you know, there's another one called any gainful, which is like, OK, well, I have a, um, a, a business degree and I may not be able to do my current job, but I can do something similar given my um, education and 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 skill level um and so you know that's called any gainful, so that's kind of a hybrid between those two
0: yeah, and so i I guess just kind of want to pose a scenario. so let's say you know I didn't have that marketing job and I had to travel and do this, however, I had any occupation disability policy, but I was able to you know maybe work uh, at a restaurant and like greet people or uh there would be a cashier somewhere. So under usually under that type of any on, any occupation policy, I would not receive benefits. You would not receive any still, sort of benefit. Because right. I can still do some job. Exactly. And that's, that's why, right. I, like you said, it's important, like, okay, well, I have disability uh, income.
1: Insurance. And sometimes you'll see, you know, I, I've seen, uh, you know, policies that, you know, it's on occupation for two to five years but then after that it's any occupation yeah. and that's kind of uh, something to be aware of that it doesn't it's not always one or the other it can kind of you know uh, and it's a way again to keep the cost of coverage at a at a more modest level because you know in all uh, honesty disability income insurance is not a cheap uh, type of coverage much like long term care which we yeah. talked about in our last uh, podcast yeah.
0: and th- and that's a, a good point to really know what type of policy you have because you could be in for a rude awakening if you think you know, you have this big, high-paying job, and you think, okay, I have a disability, I'm fine. Something happens. Turns out, you have any occupation, and the insurance company's like, well, you could work at, like, you'd be a greeter at Walmart, so we're not going to pay you anything. And yeah. then, and then you're you're out fifty, sixty percent, or whatever that amount would be that it would have, you know, contributed to you. Now you get nothing. And so that's a, a important thing to know what type of policy you have. Yeah.
1: And I mean, we had a situation where there, we have a surgeon. And you know the surgeon um, in today's world has you know you you need your um, uh, the muscles in your hand to yeah. perform certain uh, tasks that the surgeon was performing and and he had an issue with that well um, you know that that's uh, he he couldn't do you know uh, surgery cardiac surgery um, but he could do other things and so you, you know especially in in occupations. that are you know pretty they can be high risk um, if it's a very technical skill like surgery and that sort of thing Um, you know you want to make sure that you have own occupation there otherwise you know it's 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 kind of a useless type of coverage.
0: Yeah and I I agree completely and now that we've kind of have we've kind of gone over the types I kind of want to dig in a little more and talk about the specifics in those types of policies. I think first let's go over benefit period which is kind of self-explanatory, but I think there are still some things here
1: to watch out for. Yeah, yeah no doubt, no doubt. There, there are tons of things. Uh, the specifics, and again, every situation is different. You really need to be aware of your policy and review them. We'll talk about a couple of the things. I mean, you know, from the very beginning, the elimination period, right? Yeah. So, what is the elimination period on the policy? And we always say, okay you need to structure your emergency fund to be consistent with the elimination period on your disability policy, right? So if you have a, uh, an emergency fund of six months, uh, that means you kind of have enough um, kind of savings to cover your living expenses for six months. So I would feel pretty good about having a disability income uh, insurance policy that had a six-month elimination period. In other words, you would have to pay... Uh, cover your own expenses for that first six months, and then if, if disability covered or lasted beyond that six-month period, then the policy itself would uh, kick in and, and, and help take some of the, the burden off of you.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, like you said, elimination period, let's say it's 180 days, which is, you know, what, six months. Mm-hmm. So, first 180 days, the policy pays nothing. So, the policy waits until the 180 days are up or whatever, 90 days, 30 days, 60 days, whatever. Um, until it pay, pays the premiums, which also disaffects the cost of the policy as well, right? A longer elimination period will be cheaper than a shorter one.
1: Absolutely, yep. And, you know, and and it seems um, intuitive, but, you know, sometimes we'll see, I mean, people want like a 30-day elimination period. Well, that is extremely expensive. I mean, it can add, you know, $1,000 a year more in cost just for that additional um you know 30 or, or 60 days or, or whatever and you know it's just one of those things and it's a relatively low probability occurrence that um, a person would become disabled although it's 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 more than dying you know you yeah. have a higher probability of becoming disabil- uh, disabled than dying but still I think you you want to be uh, cautious with how much coverage uh, you uh, get because um, you know you, you don't want to be overinsured.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then you brought up an, another good point uh, uh, while we were preparing for this. As far as the benefit amount goes, you know, let's say you have a job that when you start out pays $50,000. you have been at the company for six, seven years. You're now making six figures. Would your, you know, would your policy at the time, have, it obviously it depends, but most times would it, um, you know, pay 50, 60% of what you're making when you started, when the policy came in place or what your policy or what your salary is at now?
1: Well, most of the times uh, you, you, well, it depends. Sometimes sometimes we see policies that automatically cover, you know, 60% of your gross pay. Um, A lot of times, especially if you go uh, and get an individual uh, disability income insurance policy, it may be a dollar amount. You know, it'll cover, you know, $8,000 a month. And, you know, as your income rises... Uh, the insurance company will offer you um, the ability to purchase more coverage. So let's say now you've gotten a raise and you've gone from 8000 a month to 10000 a month. Well, you can go to back to the insurance company and um, say, hey, I'm just going to need a little bit more coverage. They'll come back and say, okay, that'll be an additional, you know, whatever the cost of the coverage is, and then you can choose to accept or, or stick with the $8,000, whatever um, works best for you yeah
0: exactly so that again is something you know uh, you might get you might have a policy that does rise with your salary but again it's something to to look out for when looking at your your own policy and then I wanted to go over uh cost of living adjustment um this is not in every policy correct this is
1: no it's not in every policy it is something that y- you want to be aware of for sure because let's say you are uh, you, you become disabled at age forty. And you have a policy that covers, um, it makes a payment until age sixty-five. Well, that's twenty-five years, and you know five thousand dollars today is going to buy a heck of a lot less than five thousand dollars will in twenty-five years from now. And so, you know, the policy itself, uh, you can normally. Um, Purchase inflation protection there. So if you go on claim and are disabled and the policy's paying out, you can have a uh, cost of living adjustment, and uh, you know oftentimes we'll see like three mm-hmm. percent annually or something, where that amount will will rise with time. Okay, great. And I guess maybe
0: uh, and th- and that's. Just some just some terms again that you should look out for on your policy: benefit period, elimination period. See if it has a cost of living adjustment rider, and then your benefit amount. But I guess that kind of one of the last questions I had, and you can elaborate more if you want to after this. But um, I guess as far as uh, what what can we expect in the term in terms of premiums. Um, and does it depend on your on your occupation and or salary at the time?
1: Yeah, well, it does. And, you know, and it's also the, there's a different disability risk for each occupation, right? So for someone who has a, let's say, a teaching job, their risk may be different than someone who has uh, an airline pilot, right? So you have mm-hmm. these two different, you know, the, the airline pilot, you know, has to make, different types of judgments and the risk are, are, you know, much higher um, in some ways for the the pilot than the teacher. And so, you know, the insurance company assesses that, you know, who's more likely to become disabled. And then, you know, and then it's just based on the income um, that those two occupations have. And, And as what the premiums will be as well. So there's two different factors. There's kind of an actuarially determined factor, and then there's the the income um, for that particular person. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, that's and that's a good response to that question. And that's uh, pretty much all I had for disability uh, insurance. Is there anything you wanted to add as we, as we close out here?
1: No, I think it's uh, that's a good uh, thing. To, to, to be aware of all of these different items. It's also something that you just need to make sure that you look at your carrier and make sure that they're going to be around in 15 years whenever yeah. there's a claim. And so it's something that you really don't put on cruise control. It's just something you assess periodically and just uh, you know scrutinize whether it still makes sense. Do you need to make any changes to the policy? Is the carrier still um, capable of paying claims and that sort of thing? and um and at some point you're going to you're going to be able to drop it right so if you have a a policy that covers uh you know 10 years uh you know has a 10 year benefit uh period but you know you only have 5 years that you're only going to work you know or your asset base is such that you could retire you know it, your income doesn't really matter anymore you're kind of financially independent you know that's that's an expense that you will want to probably drop and so you know, we just want to make sure that clients understand uh, the risk and not overpay for a coverage that they're not likely to use or even uh, that they, ne- they may not even need it at a certain um, phase of their life. You know, and what we're seeing, honestly, is you get this, uh, it's kind of like the, the, you know, as you get closer to this retirement phase, the risk of a disability um, and the, the cost of a disability really diminishes with time. But if you think about it in the context of our last podcast with long-term care, that risk tends to rise. And so what we see a lot of times is people will stop with the disability insurance and begin uh, long-term care. And so uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I was super excited when my kids got out of uh uh, preschool right yeah. I, I lost this huge payment but they 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 somehow don't get any cheaper and uh <laughs> it's kind of like that with insurance i think yeah. sometimes
0: yeah so that's a that's a great that's a great close right there and again i hope you all enjoyed this podcast as we continue our insurance series uh like like just said last week we talked about long-term care and we will continue to do so in the next coming weeks Again, thanks for listening. This was Finance in the Flash.